Hello, welcome to Codependent and Shit. Hello, you guys. I'm finally recording something again. It's been a hot minute. Um, so much shit went down in my life, so I like really wasn't in a place where I could keep recording. If I keep saying I'm gonna be more consistent again, and then something happens, the shit hits the fan. So that's my life. I look forward to a day when my life's not like that, when it's not like constant chaos. Um, that would be so cool. I would love that. But we're not there yet. Um, so I also feel like I'm not as consistent because I'm not super in, I'm not super passionate about self-development as much. Um, here's why, okay? I mean, I think it's so important. It changed my life. This podcast changed my life. The things I realized, the learning about codependency and all these things really changed my life. I know this podcast has helped a lot of people, even just a little bit. Um, so I I love this podcast, but I I feel like the basis of my podcast is this uh, trend theme that it's all over social media at this point of everything being about codependency. It's like self-help self-healing has blown up and you know I used to talk about this on earlier episodes and say what a great thing it was that people are waking up but like like humans do we have we brought it to excessive obsession and it's it's now become toxic so I'm at a really weird middle ground with this whole concept of self-healing and these terms we're using self-diagnosing over pathologizing like, we're over pathology, pathology, what the fuck ever, <laughs> everything, 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 and now I feel like it's taken a turn to where it's toxic. I swear to God, there's so much shit on Instagram of people that probably aren't even qualified to, to talk about these things. I don't even know if I'm qualified to talk about the things I've talked about, but we're overanalyzing everything at this point. We're slapping labels on everything. You, Everything's a fucking trauma response. Everything is your attachment style. Everything is your trauma, your, your, ugh, dude. It's just overdone. It's overdone and it's draining. And I'm at this point where I unfollowed a lot of accounts that I used to swear by, like the holistic psychologist. Dude, I'm not hating. That's great. But her account started to make me go a little crazy and I used to speak so highly of her podcast I mean I'm sorry her content on this podcast but and I still think she's amazing and does great work don't get me wrong however personally I feel like it's contributed to this obsession with like therapy speak that's what it is it's therapy speak and everyone's using it now and now it's I think it's become a way to almost bypass actually doing the work because we can just attribute everything every little thing that goes wrong in our relationships to trauma we're like well that's my trauma but you're missing the point if you don't realize that regardless of the why if your behavior is toxic if your cycle you're doing something that you recognize is toxic that you have to do something about it 
And you can't just sit there and be like, oh, it's my trauma. Oh, I'm just codependent. Oh, you know, um, it's just the labels. And I know it actually always mentioned the labels in my podcast. I always talked about how everything's just a fucking label. Codependency is a label. It's a label for a, a phenomenon of traits that people experience. But everything you go through could be a number of things. It's not necessarily, oh, you know, you're just codependent. It could be other, a lot of other factors. It could be PTSD. It could be CPTSD. It could be, you could have bipolar disorder, which is something I found out I have. I'm still grappling with that. I can't believe I didn't actually like make an official episode to talk about that. I just kind of very nonchalant slid that into an episode. Was it my last episode? I think so. I know that's like a big thing to drop and just, but it's really something I, I'm, I'm still grappling with and I don't honestly know if I fully believe it. I don't. Um, even though I'm seeing a psychiatrist for it, I don't know if I fully believe it because I'm very, very mildly bipolar, if anything. Um, but nonetheless, I gr- a girl always been struggling. I did get on medication. It has helped me, I think. Um, and I'm honestly grateful that I survived my 20s and so much of what I struggled with through my 20s and my childhood makes so much sense. There was always chemical imbalances there, babe. <laughs> um, that's not what I'm on, my, on here to talk about, though. I just did want to touch on that. I, I don't even fully know if my old, old episodes when I was in just such a different mind state, even as far as my beliefs, my spiritual beliefs, I don't know for sure that I love that I have... Um, content out there that I think could be contributing to this problem of over pathologizing everything therapy speak consuming your life and your mind where you're not even letting yourself have an authentic human experience because you're too obsessed with making everything a mean something and attaching it to something and really you're could just be being human and it's okay to just be human and um I just have found a lot of freedom in kind of letting go of being so obsessed with overanalyzing every action, everything someone else does too. Um, I do still think about it. I do still attribute some of my issues in my current relationship to my like attachment style, but it's just, it's not like it used to be for me. Um, I think of who I was when I started this podcast and I think that's part of why I wanted to record this episode is to just, if you've listened all along, um, I think that I've always hoped for a day where I could come on here and tell you guys that I'm healed. Um, but there is no such thing as healed. However, The person I am today, as opposed to the person I was when I started this podcast, is night and day different. My life is completely different, and I do feel like I'm really healing. Like, healing, healing. Like, it's crazy. It it happens. It's ironic to come on here and really let you guys know that there's hope, and you can do this, and it's hard, but it's been years for me, and I'm everything in my life has gotten so much better my relationship now and with my current boyfriend it's dude it took so much work but like I'm here my 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 relationship with myself I still struggle don't get me wrong but holy shit the difference of that girl 
who recorded these episodes, she was just so broken and chasing this unavailable, these unavailable men and self-sabotage to the max. It's just, I'm, I feel so sorry for my older self. So I just wanted to let you guys know that, like, there is going to be change after you do the, you do these, this work on yourself and realize these things without, without overanalyzing it. Don't get me wrong. Don't want to, I don't want to contradict what I just was saying. There's a middle ground, you guys. There's a middle ground between like working on yourself and then like, it's just kind of like not overdoing it. There's a middle ground of everything. Does not everything is inherently bad, but we overdo it. Those humans do. We fucking overdo it and make things turn toxic that weren't even toxic to beginning, to begin with. Okay, so I didn't really record for a few months because May, my like life hit the fan. My like the shit hit the fan again. May this past May was already I was already in a bad place because dude, grief is gnarly, and I'm on the second year after my mom died, um, and it's just, like, never-ending, like, seasons of just not being okay, and I was kind of in another season of that after my son's birthday in March, and it was, like, my second time, you know, having his birthday without my mom and her help and her even just being there, and not to say that her presence was that enjoyable, to be honest. She would always kind of, like, have a problem at the birthday parties, but it's my mom. It was my support. It it's, you know, it's still something I'm adjusting to and the birthday and just even just being a single mom, I was just out, not doing well. And then in May, my dad had a stroke. Okay. This is where I want to just tell you guys my personal experience because the shit is crazy. A month before my dad's stroke, almost to the day, I was out visiting him. My dad lives a couple hours away. I was visiting. I knew in my gut something was going to happen. I knew he's on his way to something that his health is going south he's 80 years old he's really losing his memory and his you know just cognitive abilities it's a, it's bad it's get it was getting bad and I just knew I went to my car while I was at his house and fucking cried and was just crying because I'm like I'm gonna lose my other parent I'm 31 but then I don't know man like I really decided, regardless of this situation, I'm still going to trust God and trust God that God's going to get me through this. Like, he's got me through everything. I chose to wake up the next day out there, turn on my worship music, which I only have a few, a handful of songs I like. Worship music's really cheesy for me. Hope I find more songs I like. But I turned it on, I sang in the sun. And I really was like, I'm still just going to trust you, man. I'm just going to trust you. Even though I'm so worried about my dad. And then a month later, he had a stroke. Like, to the day. And it was obviously a little traumatic. Because all I got was, like, a phone call. He fell. The ambulance came. I'm, like, having flashbacks of my mom. I'm, like, great. Um, he had a stroke and luckily it was a mini stroke, but like, man, I had to go out there. I get to his house. His, he's in the hospital at this point. I get to the house planning to stay there, obviously. And his bed, which is where I would be sleeping. He, I usually stay in his room 
um, and especially because he's not there and he gives me his room. Um, and his bed is infested with bed bugs. I'm talking like infested, you guys. And my dad is not dirty. He's a very, their home is very clean. When I say they, they mean my, I mean my aunt, my batshit crazy fucking pill head drunk aunt. Anyways, <laughs> um, they keep the house clean. It's not dirty. It's not grimy. It's not, you know, bed bugs are not something you would go there and think are going to be there. So I'm like, what the fuck? I call him. He's like, yeah, I washed the sheets. I'm like, yo, like bed bugs aren't something you can just like wash off. He does. He didn't know. So they're infested. And at this point, I'm like, I'm not even staying in this house. Like they're probably all up in every crevice and, and, and the fucking corner of this house. If they're that bad in his bed, where if you walk up, you could just see those motherfuckers on the top of the bed chilling. And I got my stuff and then I was like, I'm definitely going to get a hotel that wound up being the case. Basically for like two weeks, I'm going back and forth, two hour drives out to the desert, staying in weird hotels, not always weird, but I think I stayed in five different hotels just because the whole getting the bed bugs out of the house, fumigating the house was a whole process, took two weeks ish. I'm staying in different hotels, trying to get the best deals. So I'm moving around a lot. Staying in ghetto ass hotels, some of them. Sketchy. That area can be sketchy. Some crazy craghead. I don't even know. I don't know if I can say that. Maybe just mentally ill. Man in a, in a Ralph's tried to like attack us, me and my son. And I went, <laughs> I bossed up on that motherfucker. But no one would even help us. They just watched me struggle and try to like protect my son while this guy like wouldn't let me exit the store. It was crazy shit. It was really fucking traumatic. So May, and mind you, May is the, is the month my mom died. So I'm coming up on the death anniversary and then also Mother's Day. This is all happening while my dad's in the hospital, the stroke. And not to mention... While he's in the fucking hospital, they discover a mass in his pancreas. They said they think it's cancer. And so this is all happening at once. On Mother's Day and my mom's death date, I was not present. I was not here. My body was here. But I was the zombie. I I didn't function. And I truly didn't know how I was going to carry on with my life I don't know just the the devastation of being only 31 and about to lose my other parent after I just lost my mom I just I was tapped out um I really was not there and I didn't know how I was going to pull out of this whole thing but this is where I want to tell you (laughs) the silver lining that came out of this just like I fully believe at this point now is like God. I decided since I was going to be bouncing around back and forth from um, the desert to my where I live, I was like, you know what? Like, I don't have time for anything at this point. I'm not going to have a social life. I'm definitely not going to have time to date. I always want to meet someone, but at this point, I'm like, I don't have time. So I decided to stay on one of the apps. I'm like, just decided I'm going to put on my profile, like straight up. I don't have time for anything serious. I really was just like, I want to meet someone. 
when I have like a little bit of downtime, I can just go hang out with them and forget, you know, all the awful things going on currently. So about a week after my mom's death date, when I'm totally zombie mode, I did start talking with someone and I was like, okay, you know what? He seemed really laid back super laid back. I was like, this is no pressure, but he was assertive and I liked it. You know, he's like, Pete, this is the time. Meet me here. Super gentleman. And you know, like the rest is history. I was like, that was, I'm, I don't even have words, but I, at this point, I pretty almost positive. I just only say almost because there's still this fear in me of getting my hopes up about people. But like, this is the person that I dreamt of, I prayed for, down to like the freaking, the most important little details of like how I wanted to be treated. I, it's this, it's him. I didn't know a person like this could exist. I didn't know someone could love me so much. I didn't know someone could make me feel so validated. Someone could communicate with me that would listen to when I don't like something and respects what I'm saying and and tells me, you know, I'm gonna, I'm sorry, I'll work on that, or when we have an issue, we talk it through without getting crazy, without arguing, not even like really bad arguing, we just communicate through it, and he sees where I'm at, and I don't, I don't even know how this could be, this is it. Um, I've been afraid to come on here and talk about him because I myself struggle with not without with being paranoid so this is something else I want to talk about is nice guys are probably going to be very nice when you start dating and if you're like me and you're used to like love bombing and toxic shit not only is it hard not to just run for your life if you're like me, because you're not turned on by consistency and love and, <laughs> and stability. But also there, I can't, I, I was, I've had the hardest time with being like, is he love bombing me? Oh God, everyone's love. If there, someone's nice to you. And th- this is why I hate the fucking over pathologizing therapy speak, because now we can't even let someone treat us nicely without thinking we're being love bomb. We can't even enjoy it. I spent the, the, the months just like waiting for the other shoe to drop. I'm like, this is an act, right? This is an act. But then it's been in like little small moments and challenges where you realize like, no, it's not an act. And like, he's not like those people, but it's still a process. I still, part of me cringes at coming on here to brag about him because I'm like, what if I'm wrong again? But he's the sweetest person I've ever met. And if I'm, if I'm wrong and he's not this person he is pretending to be, claiming to be shouldn't say pretending if he is pretending and things change obviously I'm I'm out and I'm grateful that I got to meet this person and if I didn't move out of like all my situationships and toxic dating people I dated that were just not good for me if I didn't cut those off and move on I would have never met him And something I want to say about someone love bombing you in the beginning or being really nice, sweeping you off your feet, whatever, courting you, doing nice things. Some people, that's how they fucking love people, okay? I'm like that. Not everyone's love bombing you. 
some people are just that's how they show someone they're they're really into into them they like they're everyone shows love differently my boyfriend's also an immigrant he's from a different culture i he's latino culturally i believe that's part of why he's so uh grand I don't know, grandiose and his love and his his affection he's so with a romantic and all those things like I think that's just his culture um but nonetheless I've struggled to just like let him be nice to me and then not only that I str- I've struggled with not running for my life because he is consistent he's safe he is assuring I don't have anxiety dating him. I have comfort and peace. But you know what comes with that is boredom. And I definitely have had to push past feeling bored. I've I've had I've had moments and I hate saying this, but this is just how it is. And I was warned that when I meet the right person, a healthy person, I'm probably going to feel like this and it totally is fucking true. I feel suffocated easily I when all he's doing is loving me okay loving me not too even too much he just wants to be with me like he wants to love me and I'm so like pushy away I'm like I need my space um I've had actual feelings of like wanting to crawl out of my skin that's the saddest part like literally not wanting to be there When he's done nothing wrong. He's not doing anything wrong. He's just loving me. And I want to crawl out of my skin. And I feel turned off. I get annoyed. I just... It's really uncomfortable. Like, I always was told by every therapist it would be uncomfortable. And I would have to push past this. I have done it successfully. I mean, not fully. I'm still... it's, It's hard. But I also have communicated about this with him. And I let him know, like, look, I get suffocated. If I start to feel smothered and I'm not used to being treated well, and so I have my moments and I don't want to push you away, I literally cried to him and told him, I don't want to fuck this up. But, like, I usually do. The amount of times through my adolescence that I blew it with someone that was so nice and great, just wanted to be with me, but I kicked it to the curve because I was bored and I was just eh I don't want that you actually want me and then after when they moved on or whatever I'd be heartbroken I'd be like god I screwed that up wow why did I not give that a chance I don't want to do that again especially not with him so I um I've really had to try to push past that and I think the a big part of how I have is that I communicated with him and he understood. He didn't get mad. He's understanding when I say I need space. My boyfriend's a stage... His attachment style, if, if we're talking attachment style, he's anxious, attached as fuck. Like, he's clingy. And I can be clingy too, but I'm all over the place. I'm disorganized. I want... Next... One moment, I'm like in love. And the next minute, I'm like, go home. I need space. It's really annoying. But I'm trying to be more consistent. But I will absolutely say this is the healthiest relationship I've ever been in. I've, I've only dreamt of a man that would sit and communicate with me. That would express how he's feeling 
when something happens that he doesn't necessarily like, that will listen when I express something that I don't necessarily like. And he's, he's thankful when I communicate. When I tell him something's bothering me, he goes, thank you for telling me instead of just like, you know, being distant and me wondering what the fuck's going on. Like he's so appreciative of me communicating and both of us are, and we just talk through things and it just works. And it's just been easy. And he met my family. Everyone loves him. It's just, there's just no, my son really starting to like him and love him. And everything's just been really easy. Um, so I kind of just wanted to touch on that just because if you're like me and you feel hopeless, don't be hopeless. There is hope. There's hope. The girl that started this podcast would never believe that I would be where I am today and that I could say I pushed past what I have and that I'm in a relationship with someone that actually wants to be with me like wholeheartedly who's safe um not to mention my boyfriend's hot as fuck (laughs) that helps a lot too if you if you can find someone you're really physically attracted to that helps you not want to run that's for sure (laughs) I know looks don't aren't supposed to matter but they do. Come on. Like you need to you wanna be you need to be attracted to your partner. Um so yeah guys, I obviously my life is still really not doing great. My career went to complete shit. I worked in mortgage and the mortgage industry is shot. So I'm currently looking for a new career and you know being in a new relationship did not fix my problems. Everything is still there, except thank, by the grace of God, I have someone near by my side now who literally wants to, to be there as I go through everything. Not, he doesn't want me to be alone anymore. He's, he's seen what I've been through. He, he can't believe what I've been through. He's like, wow. Like, you know, to date someone that's, that has not been through a shit fuck ton of trauma is uh, really eye-opening for both of us and um, just that assurance that he wants to be by my side as I navigate this stuff and help support me and help take care of me like oh god I feel like I can breathe I don't know how I would have be navigating everything right now without him and I'm trying not to cry I hope that all of you guys get a chance to feel that way. <sighs> because every one of you deserve that. Um, and I'm just so grateful oh, that God gave me him right when he knew I needed. I needed someone. I like, he knew. I feel like it was like, because I had just finally surrendered to God where I was like, you know, going through something even harder again with my dad. And then I just still was like, no, I'm going to trust God. I'm still going to, I'm going to believe that he's good. And um, and then only like a couple weeks later, I've, uh, I, met, I met my boyfriend and I was a zombie. I was dead inside when I met him. I went on that date thinking it's whatever I'm just going to go I just want someone to hang out with this guy's you know low-key 
I just never expected it to be what it is. And I, the timing, I don't, I don't think you could, I don't think that's coincidence. I just don't. It was like, God was like, yeah, you need, you need this now. This is what you, you need someone now to get through this. So I hope that everything stays good with my relationship. Um, obviously there's still a part of me that's waiting for the other shoe to drop, even though it's been months, I still struggle because I don't trust nobody. I mean, I, at this point I trust him a lot, but there's still sneaking suspicion about every person I encounter at this point in my life because people are fucked up. People are shitty. People are real fucking shitty. Also, I I don't really review, read the reviews anymore because I don't even record really anymore. I don't really read the re- reviews on Apple Podcasts for my show, but I did see a review in January where someone like, my first like really bad review where someone was just talking, they were like, oh, all she does is cuss. I wouldn't take advice from someone that speaks this way, blah, blah, blah. Like therapists don't cuss. Okay. Like, like, like doctors and all these professionals don't cuss. Okay, guy, whoever. Also, my podcast is called Codependent and Shit. Did you really think I wasn't going to swear? Like, are you fucking surprised? Anyways, didn't let the comment bother me because the, the next review is someone saying that they appreciate the cussing. It helps them, you know, feel like we're all just real people and going through it. And it it's kind of decompresses all the, like, the tenseness of recovery from all this fucked up shit. So... I don't know why I got off track with that, but, um, I don't know, you guys lost track of my train of thought, but I hope that you guys can learn to also trust that there's good people out there. It's few and far in between, but it's out there. My new, um, recommendation is try to find a man that's not raised in America. (laughs) Not to say that all men in America are shit. Don't get me wrong. There's a lot of amazing men in America. I live in Orange County, California. I live in like, I think the Mecca of the worst dudes possible. Like seriously, the divorce rate and the like infidelity rate here is like sky high. Like nobody's loyal. It's like, it's like the norm for married people to have affairs. It's so fucking weird. Um, and the guys here are just the worst, the fucking worst. But I met a foreign man. I met a man from another country and he's from Panama and he's different. He's built different. He's raised different. Everything's different. I love it. I swear by it. Try to find a foreign man or girl. I support it. Their culture is different. All right. I'm going to wrap this up. I don't even know if I'm going to publish this episode, but hopefully. And, um, I just wanted to hop on here, dudes. I wanted to connect with you guys and let you know where I'm at, how I'm doing. I hope you're doing good, too. I hope you've made progress. I hope you, you feel proud of your, your wins. And when you backslide and when you have hiccups, that you realize that is part of the process. Everyone does it. I still do it. But the awareness around it and getting back up is, is all that matters. You just keep pushing forward. Keep it pushing. All right. I love you guys. Bye.